All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. All right, Misfit Nation, let's welcome to the show Daniel Spencer, Grant, Grant Riding Entrepreneur and Music Coach. How you doing, Daniel? Oh, hey, Rich. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Awesome. Thanks for uh, taking your time and uh, being flexible for me with some errors uh, in our original schedule and being flexible enough to be here today. Oh, you know what? Life's all about being flexible. And you know, Rich, if it ain't something, it's something else. And another way of saying that is it's always something so just prepare for the prepare to be unprepared, and then you will be prepared. <laughs> exactly. Always have Murphy on your shoulder. So you know, you know Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I want you to go ahead and uh, give us a little backstory about you. Uh, uh, what's your history, or as far back as you want to go to where you, how you got to where you are now? Sure. So when I was nine. I was driving down Route 59 in Rockland County, New York, and there's this great music shop there called Alta Music, and we were driving by, and it was dark, and all the guitars were backlit in the shop window. And it was getting near my birthday, and I had a choice between a Lego set and a guitar. And while I sat there, and I wrestled with that idea and that choice for quite some time, and I came up with wanting a guitar. And so I was very, very fortunate to have parents who could buy a guitar for me and then also pay for lessons. And uh, one thing led to another, got serious about music when I was about 18 um, and went to music school, got two degrees in music, uh, played around in a bunch of different areas in the music industry, tried to be a pop star, uh, played on off-Broadway things with some Broadway cats. Oh, by the way, when I say cats, that's musicians. And um, yeah, so we're here today. I've got this company called Best Music Coach. I've uh, written some books that have been, uh, I got one that w went number one bestseller on Amazon, had a couple that were uh, number one new releases on Amazon, and uh, teaching music and trying to uh, get this thing rocking and rolling. Awesome. Uh, what school did you go to for music? I went to a uh, partner school for Berklee College of Music in France called Music Academy International. I did a one-year diploma program with them over there for modern music. And then I came stateside, and it was really kind of an incredible thing because while I was over there in France, I heard this one song. It's it's a jazz standard called Nature Boy. And this, this particular uh, song was being sung by Kevin Mahogany. And for your listeners who might not be familiar with jazz standards, these are standard songs that are done by hundreds and thousands of artists. And so this particular version of Nature Boy I heard, and there was this guitar solo on it. And man, Rich, when I tell you this guitar solo was speaking, it was just speaking to me. And uh, so I went and got back stateside and sat down in my first guitar lesson at university with the incredible Dave Stryker. And I go, man... You know, what really brought me here today is I wanted to learn jazz because I heard this solo on Kevin Mahogany's Nature Boy, and I just thought it was the bee's knees. And Dave goes, that was me. And I go, wait a second, what? He actually played on the guitar solo on this track that I heard in a different country. And unbeknownst to me, I had hooked up with him to be my teacher. So really incredible synergy there. Wow, <laughs> that's outstanding and a whirlwind. And you never know who you're going to meet like that. Uh, and indeed, lucky for you and him to meet you and uh, both of you gathered together to get your 
advancing of your mus- musical life there. And that's pretty cool. 100%. So uh, what, what's the name of your two books? Well, books? I've actually got like, I think it's five books out five. now. <laughs> okay, so I've got the best music theory book for beginners. That one just went number one on uh, Amazon bestseller uh, in it in one of its categories. It's also a number one new release in multiple categories. We have the best guitar book for beginners, How to Read Music. This is specifically for guitar players who've struggled reading music. That's uh, number one in a bunch of categories. Uh, best guitar book for beginners, Electric. That's for electric guitar players. Elect- best guitar be- book for beginners, Acoustic. That's for acoustic guitar players. I got the best music teacher handbook. How to teach online, make fifty thousand plus a year, and never lose another student. And uh, we're about to release the uh, best piano book for beginners. So super stoked for that. That's awesome. That's a, a lot of stuff happening within your uh, your world right there. And you still keep your head on the swivel and able to still teach people. And st- I'm sure you're still making music as well. Yeah, you know, it. The key really is segmentation in time management. And like, for me, the trick has always been booking everything on my Google calendar. So like, I have two hours in the morning from 8am to 10am where I write, and I know I'm going to work on books from 8am to 10am every single day, except Sunday, that time is blocked off and booked in. Then I know from 10 to 11, I'm going to take a break, maybe eat some breakfast, and then after that, the day is going to be whatever it is for that day. Awesome. So a schedule, a schedule really keeps us all on track, and uh, that's why I have my schedule for this. Otherwise, I would miss a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I've had when I first started, I had guests want me to go on their calendar, and it wouldn't populate on mine, and I missed the whole interview completely. Oh, I'm like, no. I know, I know, I had something. When was it? Then I see the email. <laughs> oh, I missed it completely. Up. So, so then I finally asked one of my guests, "What do I do?" And, she told me try Calendly. I tried that, and it's been heaven ever since. Listen, not to make this a product placement for Calendly, but like, what an incredibly useful tool, truly. Yeah, and it's it's simple. I mean, if I can use it, anyone can use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what made you want to actually start to write these these method books? When you know, there's if you go into a bookstore now or in the music section, there's probably three rows of how-to books in there. What made you want to do one on your own? I spent over a decade teaching from all of those books, Rich. I taught dozens and dozens and dozens, probably over a hundred guitar players out of these books. I tried all the books and each one without exception was missing something. It was moving too slow. It was moving too fast. There, there wasn't actually the pedagogical content that people need to understand the concepts and most of them are in black and white. And, um, you know, it's just, it wasn't popping the life for people. It wasn't popping the life for me. It wasn't inspiring for my students that I was working with. So I knew there had to be another way. And so what I did is I sat down and I figured out everything that was missing, everything that I'd been filling in the blanks, you know, during lessons and took all of that incredible teaching experience from, like I said, over a decade and put it into these books. So, you know, I put it in the very forward of the book, uh, you know, for people who want to do this by themselves and sort of teach themselves. The book is clear enough. You could teach yourself with this book. I recommend working with a coach to avoid um, developing bad habits. 
but it's uh it's it's super super clear and i've already been hearing a lot of great feedback from guitarists around the world uh that this series has been helping them so i'm just so so glad to be here and be able to help elevate if even to a very small degree uh the music book game and then also contributing to music education awesome and i I know that's a a fight for many musicians that a lot of school systems actually took music out of their school, out of, out of schools, out of, out of part of the curriculum, which really neglects an art for a lot of children, a lot of out for children to do. Because not every kid wants to go be a scientist or a doctor or a lawyer. They want to do something else. They might want to be that musician. They want to go and become a, a musical star or like you become a teacher and a star and a, an artist. And taking that out of schools really hurt a lot of these uh, young children going up there. You know, Rich, the crazy thing is that studies actually show us that intensive music learning and reading music can actually get you a cognitive bump in academics. They did a study of 100,000 high school students, and out of those 100,000 high school students, the students who played music a lot and learned how to read music were on average a whole academic year ahead of their peers. And that's not even to start unpacking the cognitive benefits around executive functioning, motor skills, language skills, memorization. There's so many things that music benefits besides music that I recommend for every parent to have their child play music because the benefits are completely disregard whatever they're going to do later on in life. The cognitive advantage that you are going to give your child or yourself, adults and teens out there, it is ridiculous. A year ahead of their peers in academics just off of playing music. Think about it. And it's not like the other people were like, weren't trying hard. It's everyone's, you know, you've got 100,000 people. Everyone's trying, you know, there's going to be the spectrum of effort put in there. But on average, a whole year Ahead of their peers, it's crazy, Rich. And that that's incredible. A whole year ahead. And uh, when I was young, I, we had a piano teacher down the street from us, and she taught my my brother and oldest brother to, uh, piano, and then taught me piano. My brother in between us, he he picked up the accordion, I think, because he just thought it was a cool, crazy instrument. But that helped us help me to process things when I went through school. But even though we didn't take music in school, going to her, well, I think it was twice a week, if that, maybe Tuesdays, Thursdays, or something learning piano, and I, I didn't think I was actually reading music. I thought I was just memorizing what she played. And then, <laughs> but she always said I was doing well. So I don't. I knew I could play the piano, but I didn't know if I was actually reading because I was so young at the time. And then uh, fast forward to 2003 and four, I was in uh, Ramadi, Iraq with my, with my unit, and I wrote Gibson Guitar Company, told them it'd be great if we had a guitar here to boost morale to get soldiers who like rock and roll or country or whatever, just have something to play. And they sent us a guitar and I learned how to play uh, one of Metallica songs uh, just by listening to one of my soldiers play it. And then I just sat there for years, but that guitar sat around, it traveled with me around the world. And then 2016, after I retired, I finally went to Nashville with that guitar and started to actually learn to play again with an actual instructor. That is amazing. What a story and good on Gibson for sending you guys over a guitar. 
That's really, really amazing. And Ramadi, you know, not to get into talk about your life, but I was just reading a book by uh, Jocko Willink, and he was yeah. talking about, yeah, he was talking about clearing out Ramadi, and that sounded like no joke. It, it was no. I was there in the basically the first year of Ramadi uh, tidal wave. Basically, he I think he was there a year after or two years after me. So it was it was a lot worse by the time he got there. Because by that time, everything had boiled up and he got to see a lot of different things. I mean, I've seen some horrible things. He's seen a lot more horrible things, I'd like to say. Wow. I don't want to take, I know uh, he, his book, I think it's on my bookshelf here. I read it a few, a few months ago for work. We do this little leader professional development. I read it and we, we all read it and had to go talk about it just to keep our minds straight. We know we're all getting older. We got to keep our minds focused and stuff. Well, shout out to Jocko for keeping a whole lot of our minds straight. Let me tell yes. you, <laughs> it's a good book. It's well written and uh, it keeps you going. Mm, indeed. So that 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 led was going to lead to my second question of you: How does it impact in academic performance? You just crushed that with that that one year ahead stuff. And I mean, if I can get if I can see kids around here get one year ahead, it'd be great. Especially right now that they're about two years behind because of COVID. That would kind of equal things up if they can get that one year ahead back. I completely agree, Rich. You know, just watching the transformation of students that I have and just watching how their entire way of interfacing with information changes as they get a little bit better at music, it is wild. And then I get feedback from the parents that like they're doing better in math, they're doing better in English. And it comes down to the music. And so when you think about cutting that out of schools, it's like, it's not about the music. It's about the cognitive benefits and the learning benefits you get out of it. And so I completely agree with you. Any student, adult or child, or even if you're not a student, you're just, I mean, we're all students of life, but like any adult, any child, anyone of any age can still get this cognitive benefit from learning how to play music and just playing music. Definitely. And even just like the, the first time I went to Nashville, I think there was eight of us in a group and there was a couple Nashville uh, producers down there and guitar uh, lesson guys or actually what, professional guitarists down there. And they were showing us and just listening to each of us play together and learning the chords again and going through it. And then just our, I guess, rookie jamming together and then listening to the professional jam in front of us and then trying to keep up with them. It just motivated all of us to just keep going and do something different. Absolutely. There's also been some really interesting scientific studies done on teamwork and social outlook and also confidence, self-confidence when it comes time to learn to play music. And I, I believe it. if you can read music, you can probably do anything scientific because it's just like reading a formula or reading a different language. You're learning a new language as you're reading music. And you have to put that into other ways of life. And uh, I think a young kid growing up, if they're middle school, high school, learning an instrument other than the little crazy auto-tune thing they do, uh, if they learn music and then add that into their academic world, all, all their classes, like you said, a year ahead, all those classes will benefit and their minds will just expand and get off the computers. Agreed. I, I think, you know, there's a time and there's a time and a place for a screen and it's just part of our modern world. And there's also a time and a place to get off that screen and play some music. And then you get back on that screen and you can have those, all those cognitive benefits. Yes. And the, if you can stay off the screen, you know, 
like we have a schedule for our, our daily life. Have a schedule for when you're going to go on and off that thing. Mm. Otherwise, you'll get trapped in it down a rabbit hole. There's other things out there you could be doing. You know, Rich, I try, to, I try so hard not to get sucked into that phone with all its little gadgets and its ding things and those little notifications, <laughs> and stuff, man. And I get hooked and it becomes this stress cycle. And then it's like I feed my stress cycle by looking at it. And it gets to the end of the day and I'm sitting on the couch with my girlfriend and we're eating dinner. I just throw, I literally just throw my phone to the other side of the room because I don't have anything to do with it. Get that thing away. And we were talking about the spiral and the stress of staying on that screen. Yeah, Rich, you know, I've, I keep on oscillating between such good management of it. And then something will happen like I do an incredible podcast like this with you and then I get to share it and then I want to see it's human curiosity. It's like biologic it is biologically programmed into us to care about what other people think, because there was a time when we all lived in a tribe and it really mattered for our survival, how everyone else felt about us. And so we get the biological trigger of, OK, what does everyone think about me? And it just it hacks your brain on this fundamental sort of like monkey level where you've got to know. And to try and break away from that can be so hard sometimes. Oh, definitely. And I the try by the book tried by Sebastian Younger actually describes that uh, beautifully. I read it's a small book. It's easy to read. And it talks about basically his time when he, he was a reporter in Afghanistan. And noticing how they were tribal in their uh, basis of life and then bringing it back to the homecoming and how you mm. become part of a tribe here. And it's exactly what you're saying. When people get on the on the bo- little handheld box, they want to see who likes them, who who's having some emotional things during the day, what they can read into, what thumbs up they get, what thumbs down they get, and how do they put their tribal gear on to stay part of it. Yeah, it's such such a fundamental part of how we've evolved. And we all of a sudden, like you said, we have this like magical little thing we carry around in our hand that just completely hacks into our brain and gives us all this info that is just biologically so integral to the way our brains work. Exactly. Uh, During your teaching, have you had any uh, artists that you've taught move on to professional careers? Well, I've had the great fortune of working with several artists who've seen, um, yeah, professional career success. Uh, one would be the great Katie Linendahl. Uh, I work with her also as a producer, uh, vocal producing some of her music, and she's just incredible. Um, uh, absolute, absolute ray of sunshine. Uh, she started off in the CCM area. And uh, she might be doing some new music coming up soon, which I cannot talk about, but super, super excited to share uh, when that comes out. And um, yeah, so because I've been through the process of what it looks like to want a career in music as the sort of, you know, front man pop star, I'm going to say pop star. And just so everyone can understand when I'm saying pop star, that could substitute country star, substitute rap star substitute rock star you're the person everyone knows your name your photos what's recognized your name's on the track 
you know, I tried doing that for a little while and I learned so much from that, that it really is an honor to be able to guide other artists and give other artists advice as they're on that path. That's awesome. And that's what I, I think I, I wrote that to you when I asked you to come on the show. I've inter- interviewed a couple artists. One, she's on her way up and one is kind of leveled off. He, he had a, a punk career during the, the heyday of punk and he still does punk music in The Little Wretches. And uh, she's with La, with Lady Redneck is her is name of her group. And both of them had great stories of how they got to where they are and, and how they had influences along the way. And both of them, their influence was their coach and then their parents as well, the pushing music on them, just like you're saying, having music at a young age. So I think it, as you talk about that, what, how would you uh, give advice for someone breaking into the industry as far as keeping a level head and doing the right, making, trying to make the right moves? Well, it gets re- that question is really interesting because industries it it gets specific for the genre of music. So, like, there's things you're gonna do for pop music that you're not gonna do for rock, that you're not gonna do for country, and it sort of goes on. But I think there's some basics that we can pull out that apply to everyone. So, I think number one is you really need to get clear on your business plan. I think a lot of artists start off in the art and rightly so pursuing the art for art's sake and that's great and a lot of people stay there and i think that's also great too i don't think there's any right answer or wrong answer where i think it becomes interesting is to unpack how you are going to monetize your art so within that understanding who your audience is are you targeting 16 to 18 year olds are you targeting 24 to 36 year olds is the audience you are targeting living in connecticut are they living in living in new mexico are they living in texas are they living in the philippines are they in japan trying to answer all of these questions as soon as possible And then iterating on it and clarifying on it using data that you can get from different sites like um, sound source, chart metric. There's a whole bunch of sites you can sign up to and you can link all your social media and your streaming platforms to that will consolidate the data and give you a solid picture of who's listening to you and where they are listening to you. I think it's super important for anyone breaking into the industry to define their brand to define the colors for their brand, to define the font for their brand, to define different looks. Um, When you are trying to get into the music business, there's two words there, Rich. There's music and business. I'm going to assume for the sake of this answer that people have taken care of the music side, that they've developed themselves, they've worked with music teachers, they've written songs. And this is really the business because that's that's the issue. That's where people sort of hit a wall. I think reading books like uh, Start With Why, reading books like Scaling Up, treat it like a business. You know, you have your art time and be an artist, but you also have to be a business. And if you're not a business, you probably won't make money. Uh, And as it is in the music industry, there's not a lot of money to be made, especially from streaming. The way everything's set up now, you get like 0.007 cents uh, (laughs) 
yeah per stream and so you extrapolate that out to even a million streams you're only making like seven thousand bucks maybe maybe whereas before when people were downloading songs from apple and they're playing they were paying a dollar a download uh you know you would be getting around five grand for five thousand songs you'd be getting 10 grand for ten thousand. well all right let's say ten thousand downloads you'd be making around six grand because you get 60 cents from apple apple keeps 40 40 cents so when we look at the numbers that way rich it's like okay you want to make a career for yourself in music you've got to be business savvy you've got to have the business end figured out because otherwise you're going to spend a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money making this art good getting the art to the um to the place where it's commercially viable, where it's mixed. I mean, mixing and mastering alone can cost $1,000. Going into a record studio for a day can cost you $1,000. Hiring a producer can cost you $2,000. Already you're $5,000 in the <laughs> hole. And so if you're not selling a million songs off that, you're not going to recoup your investment. Now, if you have the money from somewhere else and you're just investing because you want to invest, that's fine. And like I said, art for art's sake, all day, baby. But the issue becomes... Well, how is this going to be a business? How is this going to be profitable? So I think answering the business questions first, reading business books first, is a great way to go. Awesome. That's a great answer. And uh, it made me think of when I started this podcast, I thought if I started this podcast, it'd just be fun. And then people start saying, you got to treat it like a business. So I thought I was just going to talk to people about stories. And <laughs> I guess I have to, I guess I have to have my business acumen come back. So I have to go way back to my years in a, uh, St. Peter's College in Jersey City, thinking about <laughs> how to run a business and manage a business. So I had to buy a bunch of uh, Business for Idiots books here so I can look at them again and say, oh, this is good. This is what I need to do to do this right and market it correctly. So I'm on board now, but it took me a kick in the butt, I guess, to get it right. Yeah, I think, I think like you say, a kick in the rear to get it right. You know, there's nothing like spending a year of your life on an artistic pursuit and crafting it till it's just perfect, perfect, perfect. And it's mixed and it's mastered just right. And oh gosh, when the world hears this, the world will not be the same. I'm going to change the world with this music. <laughs> and you put it out and like five people stream it on Spotify. And off those five people, you got seven, 14, 20, 28, 35. You got 0.0035 cents uh, return. <laughs> Off of those, off of those people <laughs> listening to your music, and it's like, oh, okay. So the way I like to think about it, Rich, is like, however much time you're putting into the art of it, prepare to put double into the marketing and business. Awesome, that's definitely right. You got to got to put the work in, and that's what I've learned along these uh, what, six, seven months now. I've been doing this, uh, thirty-two episodes. Mm-hmm. And learning, learning on the fly, uh, besides the business side, trying to figure out the right microphone, the right interface, the right, the right platform, all that stuff you have to learn. And if I guess if I went to some kind of class prior, it probably would help a little bit. But I, I like learning on the fly and give myself these challenges. Uh, just like Barney Stinson said, challenge accepted. That's what I go by. <laughs> Absolutely. Take on the challenge. Seize the day. You know, every the one of the really, really amazing things about this country, honestly, is that if you work really hard and you really have a singular goal in mind, it is possible to make it. And that that is one 
of the many reasons why I'm super proud to be an American. That's a, that's awesome. And then, then uh, I think all the challenges we have and the differences we have are really minuscule. If you look from the outside, if you look to the outside, instead of keep looking on your own block, uh, I think we have a lot of stuff that's awesome here. And if people would just start to see that and embrace it, I think a lot of our problems would take care of themselves along the way. That that's an interesting perspective. So Dan, I, I appreciate you again for being flexible and uh, changing the time for me. And of course, taking your time to share your story with us today. Uh, how do people get in touch with you to book you to be their coach? Head over to bestmusiccoach.com. It is all set up. You can check out reviews from other students. You can check out our blog, our sheet music. We've got this crazy seven-level system where we can take you from an absolute beginner and turn you into a music-making machine. We can do that also just uh, get you playing some music and having fun getting those cognitive brain boosts along the way. You can check the books out on Amazon, the best guitar book for beginners, the best music theory book for beginners, and coming soon, the best piano book for beginners. Awesome. Thanks again, Dan, for being on, and I'll, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks so much, Rich. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on this Fit Nation. Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit Nation.